Welcome to the Shed Podcast, where we share hearts, encouragement, and dinner or desserts. I am your host, Tia Marie Arnold. If this is your first time joining me in the Shed Podcast, I want to welcome you. If you are a returning friend, I just want to say hey, and I'm glad that you're here. This week's episode, we are going to uh, talk about peace, and I'm really excited about that, but we'll save that for later. So let's jump right into the share segment. Um, Okay, so I'm a tad bit opinionated today. Y'all show me some grace, okay? Um, First of all, I want to talk about, let's start on a lighter note. I want to talk about um, this past weekend was so special in the Arnold household because it was my husband and my daughter's first date. They went out on a daddy-daughter dance. Um, Oh my gosh, it was, it was awesome. And it meant something to me because I have never been on one. Coming up, I don't even think I ever heard of anything like that. And plus, um, my relationship with my dad, while it's a great one, it also uh, came with some challenges because of mental illness that he had to walk through. But nevertheless, I just thought, how cool is this that I can see my daughter doing something that I have never done before. And hear me, this little girl was so excited. So she was all dressed up and I mean, she was dressed, okay? I mean, Megan ain't gonna go out the house unless she feels completely confident. And sometimes I have to tell her like, who cares what people think? You gotta know how beautiful you are. But I wanted to um, meet her expectation this weekend with her dad. So she had her hair pulled up in this um, a bun. Well, a but well, what do you call it? A ponytail um, with a Jojo bow that was red with little glitter sparkle rhinestones on it. She had a black and white dress that had like a black skirt at the bottom. And she had this velvet like half jacket on and her tights and these really cute black high heels and just seeing her walk in them I'm like my baby she is growing up whoever decides to take my daughter out in the future or marry her I'm telling you he better bring it okay all right so um but yes and then my husband he done lost 25 pounds on this keto men, the way that they can drop weight is quite annoying. It really is. But I have to also credit it to his job. His job is physical. So he does, you know, the good eating with the physical. And so he deserves it. But he looks good in his suit. They were both matching. It was so cute because he had on a black suit with a red shirt and a tie. And so her little hair bow was matching, you know, his shirt and everything. And so it was just adorable. And just seeing him open the door for her, the car was red. I'm like, come through. Everything is just coming together so nicely. Uh, He did say, though, once she got there, it was like, bye, dad. And she ended up dancing with her friends. But I just thought, 
how awesome it is now. And this is actually becoming a tradition from state to state. Um, It's kind of like it's Valentine's weekend. And so I guess the weekend before Valentine's weekend is the weekend where um, they do the father daughter dances. And I just truly appreciate those. Of course, my son was like, well, what are we supposed to do? You know, but uh, me and my husband talked about how my son is going to start giving me Valentine's gifts and my husband gives my daughter Valentine's gifts. So that way we can kind of start teaching our children how to give and how to be um, romantic and how to be thoughtful and all those things. So I just thought that was awesome. Okay, next topic and share. Uh, last night was the Grammys. All right. Now hear me, hear me. You probably won't agree with half of what I'm about to say, but oh, well, I'm going to say it. I didn't really watch it only because, so I started watching it and I don't know if it's me. Okay. I went to a music school, a very legit music school. All right. That costs a whole lot of daggone money. All right, so I'm not just this person, and and I'm not, it's not me trying to blow my own horn or anything, but my point in telling y'all this is that I am a musician, okay? I do know how to read music. I do know what music is supposed to sound like. And I also am very aware that creativity evolves and it kind of goes, I guess, with the culture and the world and ages and all that. You know, music has evolved. I get all that. Uh, I do feel like the foundation of music should always stay the same, even though I have heard some things that I'm like, that note does not go in that chord. I don't care how you try to put it in there. It ain't it. No, it's not working. But so I am just okay. I stopped. So the rest of the show, I'm assuming maybe I I don't know. I've been getting my my timeline is like full of comments from the Grammys because I I pretty much have a whole bunch of musician friends on my timeline based off of my history and where I went to school and stuff like that. So we all have our own opinions. I stopped watching it after it was like a song of the year or something. And I'm look, I'm just looking at these categories. I mean, not the categories, but the nominees and stuff like that. I don't, I didn't even know who they were. Okay. Kind of shows you that I don't really listen to that stuff. Um, but I'm sitting there like, how, how, like, I, I, what, what is, like, really? Like, okay, maybe they're good songs, but song of the year, like, I remember when song of the year was, like, coming from somebody like Celine or Whitney or, you know, Mariah, or I'm just trying to talk, you know, just, people off the top of my head I'm sure there's more that are worthy of that category but I'm like who are you what is that how like I was just kind of like huh okay so I just had other things to do so I turned it off and and I don't you know because I am a very creative being and because I am a musician and I do appreciate the arts I absolutely appreciate the arts and I do know that I'm kind of you know withdrawn from where it's going I don't want to throw shade and all that other stuff but at the same time I'm like 
I just remember back in the day where you heard a song and immediately like it just grabbed you. And and it may be because mainly, well, not mainly, I pretty much listen to Christian music. And um, so I guess maybe I'm just not the person to be talking about this. I just wanted to say there was a whole lot of how, who, why, uh, hmm, interesting. Okay, I'm just going to turn this off. All right, so that's my first opinion. My second opinion is not about the Grammys. It is about people. I love people. Let's go ahead and uh, put that out there. I just think it's interesting. Okay, so let me let me catch y'all up on where I'm at. I think it's so interesting how when you're eating, and this is about keto, and, and I'm not going to go on this tangent. I'm going to try not to, but I think it's so interesting that when you post a picture of a chocolate cake from Portillo's or you post a picture of a humongous burger from Hard Rock Cafe or um, a beautiful drink from Starbucks, which is just glorious. Oh, how I miss thee. Um, I just think it's interesting when you post those, you like don't nobody had nothing to say, but yum. Yes. Amazing. Look at that. Where can I get it? How much did it cost? No one really cares that you're dying. They just, you know, they ain't got nothing to say about that. But then the moment that you try to post that you are trying to be healthy, you're trying to do healthy alternatives and all this stuff. All these people got opinions about, oh, well, you shouldn't be eating that because it has this in it, or you shouldn't be putting all those chemicals in you, or, you know, you might die because you on keto. It's so unhealthy. Where was all y'all when I was eating all the fat stuff? You ain't had nothing to say. You didn't care that I was almost 200 and 230 pounds, but now that I'm trying to get my life and maybe I'm not doing the whole thing right. Maybe, you know, I'm coming across things that maybe are not the best choice. And I guess maybe, okay, maybe their mindset is, well, if you're going to do it to you, do it right. Okay. I'm going to give y'all that. I'm going to give y'all that at the same time. If you truly cared about me that much, when I was posting my Portillo um, chicken sandwich. It was fried on a glorious croissant with some let. I said, I, I said, this podcast will not be tempted. I'm so sorry, y'all. I am so sorry. I just went on a little tangent. But my point is, when I was posting all these other foods that were leading me to my destruction, no one really cared. No one had nothing to say, but that looks good and all that other stuff. But now that we are trying our best to achieve a better life. It's like, now let's be opinionated. And I just, you know, it ain't bothering me. I'm kind of just being a little extra for the sake of the podcast, but well, sort of. Um, But it doesn't bother me. I just think how it just, it struck me as, man, how interesting is this? And I'm always the type that just tries to observe behavior and, People just, I guess, I'm not going to say that they're not happy to see other people succeed or try to do something for themselves. But if you're going to care, care, care when I'm not and care when I am. 
then it'll kind of be, you know, a little bit more easily received. But it's like, I ain't heard not one thing from you. I don't even know who you are. I didn't even know you followed my page. And now all of a sudden you want to be my personal trainer. You want to be my personal nutritionist. Oh, okay. You want to post articles. Come on, y'all just have several seats. Just, I will figure it out. If you, now I will have to say, you know, kind of giving me more knowledge and saying, you know, this is what I found or this is what I use or blah, 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 blah. That's all great. But coming through like your opinion is like the solid gold. Mm-mm. Thanks, boo, but no. Okay, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. So that was my share, y'all. Thanks for kind of letting me get that out. You know, I had to like I think it's funny because I said at the top of the podcast, it's about peace, right? Mm. (laughs) Yep. See, I am not perfect. Amen. Amen. No, I am in peace. I just, I thought, let's just, let's just go ahead and and let's talk. Let's talk like we are um, at somebody's table eating our good, healthy food. Let's go ahead and um, just do that. And so that was me doing that. So anyway, let's moving up. Well, let's moving Let's move on into hearts. This is a very candid episode. I don't know what's going on. Okay, I'll tell y'all what's going on. So I did not have a good night last night because I was dealing with some, well, I ate some wings and I'm not going to tell you where I ate them from. And the wings were good, but this ranch, I guess I'm still sharing. Okay, so let's keep going. This ranch dressing though that this particular restaurant made, Normally it's good, but I don't know. It was something they did with it last night. It did not taste the same and it tore my stomach up. So I took my oregano and it settled it a little bit. It did. And I was able to sleep a little bit, but it was kind of more like a toss and turn. So I'm quite tired. And since we're getting to know each other a little bit more, this is kind of Tia when she's tired. Mm -hmm. So All right, now we can truly move on to hearts, moving to the heart segment. So today, um, I do want to, it's Valentine's week, and I have been thinking a lot about, well, my husband and I, we're kind of like, what do we want to do? And the thought that has been, we've kind of been talking about this ongoing, but I kind of wanted to invite you into our conversation about how to not lose yourself or lose your relationship while parenting. And man, I so wish that I had um, a guest with me that I can kind of like bounce some of this off of. So you guys are my guests today. Unfortunately, I can't hear you back, but I kind of want to talk through it because I think... um, I will say, A, just losing yourself in parenting. I can't even imagine what single moms go through. I can't, I I just can't. I can't even wrap my brain around it because just me being a, you know, co-parenting with my husband and having our two kids, we're still exhausted. So I'm sure if any single mothers are listening, you're probably like, child, you have no idea or or not even just single mom, but single dad. Um, And so before I even go into the rest of this, I just want to say, you know, kudos to you guys. Like, I think what you are doing and, and how you are still pressing through and and just taking care of your kids on your own 
is amazing. It really is. And I just pray that God will continue to strengthen you as you do it and that um, you will get rest when you need it and that you will have the support that you need from others in that. Um, So, yeah. So losing, try not to lose yourself and your relationship while parenting. Jeff and I have... um, our our marriage with our children, because um, we were married first, obviously. Well, not obviously, but we were married first. And, you know, our kids came along. And uh, when our children were very little, we were nowhere around family at all. And because I was a brand new mom, I did not feel comfortable uh, just asking anybody to watch our kids, mainly because now... There are people now, like those same people now, I won't have a problem with it because I know them. But at that time, I had just met them. And so I didn't feel comfortable, like 100% comfortable asking them to watch my children, Um, mainly for the reason of what I just explained. And I think I was still just learning how to be a parent and really didn't want anybody coming in, giving me like, their opinion of of what I'm doing or how I'm doing it. I had my mom for that. She did that very well, unwelcomed, and she didn't care. And I appreciated that. And my grandmother, yes, those two women stayed on me about everything. Even though I wasn't even living in the city, it was like, you know, make sure you're doing this. Why don't they have that? Blah, blah, blah. And it, it made me a better mom. So I do appreciate that. But what that did for our relationship Um, And even for me is we never had any time to go do anything. And while we were so consumed in being parents and raising our children, it really started to impact our relationship. And we will have several conversations about we need to be more intentional about having date nights and, you know, try to I mean, I know there was one night we had I think there was one Valentine's like we had put the kids to bed and we got a blanket out in the living room, some candles, some music. I had cooked the steak like we have done Valentine's in home for several years. And I looking back at that, though, I'm like, those were I appreciated them because we were so exhausted and trying to get all dressed up and trying to go somewhere and trying to find somebody for a sitter and paying money for all that. We just decided to go that route. And that was just what we did. Um, But I think now as uh, our children are getting older, we definitely have to be more intentional about that. And I'm, I'm asking God constantly to uh, give us the wisdom and the know-how to, stay focused on our relationship. Because if you look at uh, the way, the priority of how things should be, the marriage is before the children. And I've heard that. Now I'm going to be real. Sometimes I, I'm like, how, how do I do that? Like, how do I balance? Because I feel like, okay, I have this responsibility of being a wife and taking care of my husband and all those things. But then I also have this separate responsibility of raising these children. Like nobody else can take care of them on this earth, but me and Jeff. So how do I balance that? And that has been my struggle because 
um, my kids are still, they still need me. They still need me to do things for them. They still need me to guide them. They still need me to keep them on task. They, I mean, just, and, and that's at this age. When it was younger, it was, they needed me to change their diaper constantly, feed them constantly, take them to the doctor constantly. Like there was a constant thing. And then it's like, now I got to register them from school and I still have to take them to the doctor. And now I got to have more conversations about how certain people are bullying them in school or my daughter talking too much and my son, you know, not focusing on his tests and all these other things. And then as you all know, then there's Saturday school. And so it's like, okay, how? That's my big question. Like, how do I balance that? And I think the answer that keeps coming up in me is prayer, really praying and asking God to give you the strategy to balance those things, because it's easy for one to just take priority over the other. And I do have this tendency to like, if I'm focused on this one thing, then kind of everything else gets put on the shelf. And while I'm um, our marriage is our marriage is doing very well. I mean, we have come a very, very, very long way. Our main struggle has always been communication and finding time and and stuff like that. And so we still and probably will continue to always have to be very intentional about having that time together. But I think praying about it and asking God to um, show you how because. For me, I'll try it and then I I always like fall off or I'll be like, okay, we are going to be more intentional about setting date nights. And then it's like that day comes and we both look at each other and we're like, you feel like going out? No. Okay. And we just stay in our room and watch movies or actually he'll fall asleep like in five minutes, start snoring and I'm up watching. But, and and while I, I think to each relationship is own, I kind of enjoy that with him, but I also feel like, um, I would, you know, I don't, I don't know. Like we, we don't really complain about it, but from what we've heard from so many other people is you've got to have date nights. You've got to have date nights. And, Another transparency about it is that, you know, because we have been in full-time ministry for so many years, um, our income really didn't allow us uh, to do that. Like our income didn't really allow us to go spend extra money unnecessarily. And so going out to eat or going to a movie or going to a concert and maybe some other things that other couples could do that we couldn't, we, we could have, if we wanted to like be late on a bill, but then that would have caused some more problems. So that's kind of what we had to walk through. But I think making sure that you keep prayer in your marriage, because I am not an expert. I will never act like I am. I do have opinions, but I am not an expert and our marriage is not perfect. So I can't say, hey, look at my marriage as a blueprint of how to blah, 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 blah. I can just share if there's other couples out there um, who are or, or a single mom or a single dad that's out there and they're like, OK, in this 
in this season of parenting, because it is a season. And when they get older, then you'll have time to do whatever you want. But if you're in the season of parenting, um, it's important, I believe, to not always compare to what other people are saying. And Jeff and I went to therapy for four years and our therapist, who was amazing, she absolutely was amazing, I hands down. Um, but she also used to get on us about make sure you have date nights, make sure you have your time. And I still, I do agree with that, but it didn't happen for us. It just didn't. Um, but I do think that when you invite God into that situation, well, invite God into your marriage, period. But when you invite God into uh, this problem or scenario or situation that you feel like you're challenged in, I think he will give you what works for you. And so that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not against having date nights and going out. I love it when me and my husband do get a chance to get out. It's great. You know, when we do go on a vacation together, I love it. But sometimes we had to be creative because like I said, financially, we just couldn't do it. So staying home and, you know, telling the kids go to bed, putting them to bed early because they need the extra sleep anyway, because they get up at five o'clock in the daggone morning. So you can go to sleep a little early because you still you still gonna wake up the same time, whether I put you to bed at 10 o'clock or put you to bed at six o'clock, you're still gonna wake up at five. So back to my point. Um, so putting them to bed early and being intentional about having that that alone time, the intimate time, the fun time or whatever, even if it's in the house, I still feel like those things are important and they have helped us uh, just doing that, not outside the home, because I, like I said, I admit we haven't, we, we didn't really, we still kind of don't do that too very often because we just haven't been allowed to. Now, what I will say um, when we were, so we lived in my mom's basement for five years, y'all. Thank goodness it's a beautiful home. <laughs> but so our, you know, us being in full-time ministry, not having a whole lot of pay, family of four, we couldn't afford to, um, we, could aff- we could afford to have our own place, but it would have not been very accommodating or it just, you know, so we were, we were blessed. My mom opened her home up. She had a, a, a good size home. And so we, uh, well, we lived in the whole house, but Jeff and I's room was in the basement. Um, and so we lived with her with fi- for five years. So that kind of helped us just be able to, and, and I know you're thinking, well, y'all live with her for five years. How come you didn't have the finances? That's my point. Full-time ministry was not financially, uh, you don't do it for the finances. That's, that's my point. And so we sacrificed. Um, but us being able to be with her and not having the finances to go out and do some of the extravagant things that we would want to do weekly that maybe some of our other couple friends did do. I think what has kept us is being able to have that time even in the home together and has gotten us this far. Now that may not work for you because again, Every relationship is different and maybe your spouse needs that. Maybe your spouse 
needs to get away because maybe y'all's home is very, you know, just it reminds you of work, work, work or blah, blah, blah. And so being in a different environment does that. Um, And, you know, if you can afford to do it, then I say go ahead and do it. Like this Valentine's Day coming up soon, I have no idea what we're going to do. I have no idea. Um, But... I do um, feel like it's important to be intentional about not losing your relationship and not losing your identity when you have children. Um, So I was reading um, this article and it's 11 ways to keep your marriage fresh. And so number one was remind your partner and yourself that you appreciate them. And I think that is very important. Uh, not and hear me. I'm not saying that date nights and stuff are not important. That is not what I'm saying. Again, I'm not the expert, but I do feel like um, the little things that you can do daily, like telling your partner that you appreciate them, like telling um, telling them that they're beautiful and that you love them, and just to me, those are like you're sowing good seed into good ground that will produce something great. It'll bring you closer. And when your spouse is in that, um, if they're in a moment where they're feeling discouraged or a moment where they, you know, just need some encouragement, you never know how God can use your seed of encouragement, your seed of love that you planted in them, how he can use that to encourage them. And so I do think that's very important. Um, The next one says, say thank you for the little things. I am, listen here, I love telling people thank you. I am very intentional about that. And I sometimes I feel like they probably don't care that I'm saying thank you. But it's such a way of showing gratitude. And sometimes we as, as married individuals, as spouses, Like we can forget to say thank you even for the little things like washing the dishes or taking out the trash. I even tell Jeff, thank you for like bathing the kids, like even though they're his children. And sometimes I say like, did I really have to tell him thank you for that? Because they his kids, too. But I say thank you because he didn't have to do it. He doesn't have to do it. And that is one thing I can say um, that I appreciate about my husband is that. I can ask him, you know, hey, can you grab this or can you do this with Joe or can you take Megan here or whatever? And he I I don't ever see him get an attitude. Now, I don't know what he's doing. Like when he's in the car, he might be rolling his eyes like this woman has so many to do's for me. And I'm, I ain't going to throw it past him. <laughs> I'm not. But. In my face, he seems to not mind. And even if even if he does mind, the fact that in my presence, he doesn't make me feel uncomfortable about asking him to do things for me, that brings us closer. Let me tell you, that means the world to me because what that does is it's building a sense of safety and a sense of trust that we can ask each other to help each other out and there's not going to be this tension or this... Again, or because, you know, my personality, I'll get to put like, listen, you ain't got to huff and puff. Forget it. I could do it myself. Just being honest, you can be like, oh, well, that's not very spiritual to you. Well, that's your opinion. I'm just letting you know that sometimes 
maybe more times than not, that's how I will respond if I felt that way. But who knows? God's working on me. I may be like, oh, it's okay, honey. It's okay. Don't worry about it. Mm. Okay. So if y'all know me, that is not me. But I do appreciate though, that we can ask each other to do things and there's not this uh, feeling that we're burdening each other, you know. Okay, um, I'm not. I don't. I'm not gonna read all of these, but I will. Um, let's see. Take good care of your appearance. All right. So this is a. I didn't know this was gonna turn into a let's brag on my husband episode, and I'm not gonna do it too much. But I have to be honest about this. He has never, in our almost ten years of marriage. My husband has never made me feel like that I have uh, let myself go. He has never. I have felt that way about myself. And I think that was mainly because I knew I wasn't doing my best. I wasn't doing my best to take care of me. But he has never made me feel like you're doing a terrible job of taking care of you. He has never said like, oh, babe, you you gaining weight. You know, he's never, which I'm pretty sure most, well, Actually, I do have some friends who husband who's have said that. So, um, but he has never, uh, I mean, when I was beating myself up, he was always encouraging me. And I think that's so important. Um, that is a way to not lose yourself in a relationship is to even encourage in the appearance. But on the other side of that, uh, because I dealt with some mental uh, challenges of depression and postpartum depression with my children. There were a lot of seasons where I I let myself go and got to a weight that I had never been before and just felt so ugly. And I think it's not even about the appearance. I think it's about what it does for you and your self-esteem. If you're full of negativity, if your inner love is low then you have nothing to pour out to your partner. And that is a great way to lose that relationship, to lose that um, that bond between each other because you have nothing else. Your love tank is completely empty. You have exhausted all of it because you feel ugly. You feel like you're just a blob. And so when your husband or your wife wants to um, love on you, it's really hard for them to have access to your heart when you have pretty much closed access. You're like, I'm not lovable. I don't like myself. Don't look at me. And so taking, um, taking care of your appearance, it, it, yes, there is a physical benefit of it, but there is a sense of, of giving that you'll be able to give out now because your love tank and your love for yourself is now strong and that affects other people. You know, when someone comes around you and they're just so down on themselves and they just like, you know, they, they are constantly putting themselves down. It just brings down the whole atmosphere of everybody that they're around. So if you can be more confident in who you are, take good care of who you are, and then I'm sure that you'll start getting compliments and that will help you too, but it won't matter because your confidence is in you. You already believe that you look good. You already believe. And, and listen, I don't even think size has anything to do with whatever size you are. Your appearance still could be fly. 
you know, and I think a lot of that has to do with just self-talk. Tell yourself you're beautiful, you know, tell yourself you're beautiful and try to do something to make yourself look beautiful. And I think it will just change everything around you. I, I just I really do believe that even though it's easier said than done, because if you personally like feel like I don't feel good in what I'm wearing, no matter what I put on, I feel big or I feel ugly or I feel whatever, 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 you know, um, if you if you constantly just say those things to yourself and and just it's it's going to affect everything around you. All right. And finally, um, watch your words. Oh, boy. Yeah. Watch your words. Okay, that's that's important. I feel like I am the least qualified to be talking about that, but it is good. And so this is not all about me. It's also about being, you know, sharing and encouraging you all. And so um, watching your words, this is something that actually Jeff and I had this conversation yesterday because our pastor challenged, it, we're in a series about families and he is challenging us to, uh, you know, just raise our families strong in Christ and being examples and being parents that hide our children and cover our children and having our children in church and just making sure our family is covered by the blood of Jesus. And it really did challenge us to be better about our communication, especially around our children. We have raised our voices to each other around our children. We have, and that's real talk. And um, I hated it. I hate it. And um, and our and our kids, they are they're all children are nosy. And so um, there are times that my children have seen me cry, sad cry, sad tears. And then there's times that my children have seen me cry, happy tears. And um, but our but they're paying attention is my point. And I think. Not just using your children as a reason to watch your words, but just being very mindful that words have power and just trying to speak life into each other. And when there is a disagreement, really working on arguing fair and not throwing unnecessary darts or saying things that can eventually you know, destroy them, hurt them. Because even though you may say sorry, I mean, there you can. The enemy can use those weeds, those words that are hurtful. I like to call them weeds. Um, he'll use those to try to strangle the seeds, which are the good words, the positive words, and and he'll use it not in you, but that other person. You you planted weeds in their garden, and so now you know when they are being attacked by the enemy, he can have those weeds. And be like, well, she did say this about me or he did say that about me. Maybe that's the truth. Maybe and all the good things that they have said about you um, are now being suffocated by the weeds, the negativity, the negative things. And even though they may not have been said in honesty, like maybe it was said in anger or frustration. um, And that's all I I believe just that's going to happen. That's kind of the ups and downs of relationship. Uh, But to be more, and I'm talking to myself, just to be more mindful of not saying things that I shouldn't say to watch my words. So yeah, um, I hope that 
encourages you. That's me sharing my heart about just where we are. And as we, again, are approaching Valentine's Day and just trying to be, um, trying to hold on to our relationship while we're being parents, not to let it go and, and to, um, you know, try to make sure we're following that priority of relationship first and then children, which is something that I, again, I have to continue to pray about because that my, my brain trying to wrap around that is like, how, how do you do it? You know, like I'm responsible for both. So anyway, all right, well, let's move on to encouragement. So today's encouragement is about peace. I heard a song yesterday in service that just blew me away and I wouldn't even say it blew me away. It it hit me. That's what it did. It really hit me right where I was. It's a song called Peace Be Still featuring Lauren Daigle. Um, it's the Belonging Company and I'm going to play it uh, a little later when I'm done with the encouragement just to encourage you. But as, as I was uh, singing it, and you know what? I should have pulled up these lyrics. I did not pull up the lyrics to the song. Um, it's like, peace be still. Um, I'll set my feet upon the rock. And Okay, so I'm sorry. I'm doing a horrible job at trying to recite these words. But it pretty much is a song of peace and having faith and standing in that. And the scripture... Um, there's two scriptures that kind of came to mind when I was thinking about this. They're both they're both found in Peter. It's first Peter 311. It says they must turn from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. I don't know what you're going through right now. Um, and I don't I don't know how bad it is. But when I look at this scripture, they must turn from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. I think I, I sometimes wonder, is the evil that that it's talking about in this scripture, is it the lack of faith? You know, I don't know. But whatever you're going through, whatever is facing you, the best thing that you can do is believe that God's peace can surpass all your understanding. It may not make sense that you're going through the things that you're going through. It may seem like things are getting worse before they're getting better. And your natural self may want to turn to all those thoughts that God is not hearing me. This is not working. This Christian life is just Ever since I gave my life to Christ, it's been like everything has fallen apart. Christians aren't who they say they are. All this, all this negative, doubtful, discouraging thinking. Um, turn from that. Turn from that thinking and do good, which is. And I think about the scripture that says that you know, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Like pleasing God is is what he wants. It's, it's the doing good. So turning from the doubt, turning from the circumstances and turning to faith and then seek the peace that's found in God. Um, I remember when Jeff and I had first heard this, well, we first had this conviction and this 
feeling that it's time for us to take a leap of faith and leave the ministry and follow, you know, leave full-time ministry, like employment at a church and go after what we believe God is telling us to do. We had no idea what that was, where it was, when it was going to come, but we did it. And I was not in peace. Those That first month, like we had taken that step in November and then it's like, here comes Christmas and we have no job. And how is all this going to come together? It made no sense to me. And so, yes, I was freaking out. I'm like, you know, God, I thought this is what you wanted us to do. And how, you know, what am I supposed to do? It's Christmas and and then bills, bills don't stop. You know, they're still coming and all this stuff. And and uh, I want to say that I had just gotten a car like right before that happened. And it's like, so am I going to lose my car or what, blah, 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 blah. Um, and it took me about a month. And I remember it was, it was I will never forget this. I was sitting because uh, bo- both Jeff and I worked at this church and we felt God told both of us to leave. So we had all day to just either sit around and pray, worship, read, cry, argue, whatever. We had time. So we would um, we would make our coffee every morning. We would go into the dining room. And I remember it was snowing. And so I want to say it was probably in January or February sometime. Um, so this is, what, two, three months after we'd taken the step. And I remember just sitting there looking out the window at the snow and this peace came upon me. I had never felt it before. And it, I just heard in my spirit, like I didn't audibly hear it. It, it was just like this thought from my spirit that said, this is what true peace feels like. I have giants staring at me in my face. I have bills that are due. I have a family. But I felt like that I took a step of obedience and I should be freaking out right now. And in that moment, I was not. I felt such joy. I felt such strength. I felt such reassurance. And I just knew This is what the peace of God feels like. And it was something that I had to continue to seek for. Because while it seemed like my husband was just chill every single day, and he was just strong in his faith, and that's one of his gifts. He definitely has the gift of faith. Me, on the other hand, it was like, okay, I will have these days of peace, and then I'm like, why is God making me wait so long? Like this bill is due tomorrow. And he came through. Hear me when I say God came through every single time. We were out of work for a whole year, a whole year, and not one bill was passed due, not one. I cannot explain that. It still does not make sense to me. And that year that we did our taxes, I'm like, how does a family afford even what? I don't even know how. I don't know how we did it. I don't know how we made it. I I just know God did it. He came through. 
But that peace, it was something that I had to continue to fight for. And I think him showing himself daily, um, monthly, just constantly showing up, it was me like grabbing hold of those moments like, okay, God, you took care of this bill last month. So I know you're going to do it again. And I had to fight for it. It was not easy. It was something that I had to go after and I had to pursue. Like the scripture says, they must seek peace and pursue it. I had to pursue it because I tell you one thing, if I hadn't pursued it, it would have that whole circumstance of of not having income, not having insurance, not having nothing, it would have taken me down. It should have killed me. It should have made our family fall apart. It should have destroyed us and destroyed our faith. But God gave us the Holy Spirit. Peace is one of the gifts of the Spirit. And so God gave us that as as a tool, as a weapon. And and you know, we still have to do our part and and go after it, seek it, pursue it, and know and have faith that peace is is something that God has given us and he wants us to have it. He wants us to be in peace. He doesn't want us to be in conflict and confusion. That doesn't mean that life is not going to bring darts and arrows. It doesn't mean that life is going to run smoothly all the time, but that's why he's like, I've given you this fruit of peace. It's in you, but you got to seek it. You got to pursue it. You got to want it. You got to believe in it. Another scripture that stuck out to me was 1 Peter 5 and 7. It says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. I, to me, that's, that's another way of pursuing your peace is you casting that anxiety. It's like, so I don't, I don't, I mean, I can't I can't understand why some people think just because that we have Jesus that we're not going to have anxieties and we're not going to have fears. We're still human. We're going to have them. The great thing about it is that we have a comforter. We have a God who can handle all of that. We don't have to carry it. That's another way of pursuing our peace is saying, God, I got to You told me I can cast this on you. So that's what I'm going to do. But no, we want to carry it, you know, or we want to condemn ourselves because we're having a moment of anxiety. And, you know, I must not be in God enough. And I need to blah, blah, blah. And God's not happy with me or I'm out of blah, 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 blah. We, we tend to do all that. And it's like, okay, get out of your little pity party for a second. Stop being a victim. You're not a victim. You're a victor. Take that anxiety that you're feeling. It's real. Yes, it's real. But you don't have to carry it. Cast it onto him and pursue the peace that God has given you. That's what he wants you to pursue. But sometimes we pursue the anxiety. We pursue the fear. We make the fear and the confusion and the anxiety. We give it more of a voice than we give the peace of God. We have to start making. That's a choice. That's a choice. You can choose it. God's not going to like force you to pursue his peace. He's not going to force you to seek his peace. But that's a choice that we can make. And I believe that as we continue to read God's word and we continue to um, like if you're in a season where it's, it's so chaotic in your life, you have a lot of anxiety, a lot of depression, a lot of things that just are coming after you. Be intentional about reading scriptures about peace. 
be intentional because what that's doing is when that anxiety and all those things do come up, the word of God will give you the strength to cast the anxiety on him and will lead you to his peace. I believe that whatever we seek, whatever we seek, we will find. If we're seeking anxiety, if we're seeking fear, if we're seeking confusion, and maybe it may not be like a, I'm actually going after it. But if, if we, um, if we have this, what am I trying to say? If these thoughts like are coming in us and saying, you know, this might happen or that might happen and we start giving life to those thoughts, then we're actually seeking them. That's what we're doing. We're we're giving life to the negativity. We're we're giving thought and we're giving attention to that negativity. We're that's us seeking. It's just like in a relationship. You know, the person who is interested in you, they give you the attention. What are they doing? They're seeking you. They're pursuing you. Whatever you give attention to, you're seeking and you're pursuing. We're not supposed to give attention to fear and anxiety. Does that mean that the fear and the anxiety and the depression is not going to come? No, it's going to come. But we can choose in that moment. Am I going to give attention to that or am I going to give attention to peace? Am I going to give attention to uh, the worry or am I going to give attention to the peace? Because in peace, in peace. And like I said, that morning, it was like it, it, it completely went beyond my understanding. I could not understand or fathom what I was feeling in that moment. But I knew we are going to be OK. I knew in that moment, God, you actually did call us to this. It makes no sense while I'm smiling. It makes no sense while I why I have this this trust in something I don't see. But his peace surpassed where I was in the natural. His peace pushed me forward, gave me a strength that I naturally in myself should not and could not have. And so whatever you're going through, no matter how bad it looks, it may be trying to stare you in the face, but you don't have to stare it back. Give attention to the peace of God. Where is the peace of God? It's in the word of God. It's in what God says, who he says he is and what he has done for you and believing that he loves you and that he will never leave you nor forsake you and that he's not going to lead you into something to destroy you. That is not the character of our loving father. It's believing that he is good and that he will do what he said he will do. Even in the midst of our mistakes, even if we did put ourselves out there, you can still if you are in, and this is truly dependent on the posture of your heart. If you did not intentionally try to go against God or do anything against God, then listen here. God, man may look at the appearance, but God looks at the heart. And if your heart is truly to please him, does that mean that you're going to be perfect in it? Absolutely not. And God knows that he knows that better than we know it. But he has promised us, he has promised us his, his peace because it is the fruit of the spirit. You have the spirit of God in you. So now you have peace in you. So I don't care how bad it is. I don't care what it looks like. You have it. You have it. Now pursue it. Now seek it. And does that mean that you just, okay, now you got it. You just, you good? No, it's something that you're going to have to continuously 
pursue, continuously seek. And I tell you one thing, once you experience the peace of God in a situation that should be killing you, that should be tearing you down, that should be destroying you, once you experience that peace, it's going to be something that you're craving. You're going to crave the peace of God. It's going to be something that you desire and that you, you're going to be like, listen, I ain't got time for the nonsense of all this other stuff. Like devil, you trying it. You really are trying it today, but not today. You know, I love to say that. Not today, devil. I'm going to pursue the peace because I know that I cannot make it throughout this day, throughout this week, throughout this year, throughout this marriage, throughout this financial situation without the peace of God. Mm, that is so good. That is so good. And I and I I understand um, that it takes effort. But everything takes effort. You're going to listen, you giving your attention to the negative thoughts, it takes effort. And in the long run, it's going to exhaust you way much more than you seeking the peace of God, because the peace of God is given to you. You just have to go get it. You know, you got to. Well, it's actually in you, but you got to be intentional about pursuing that that peace inside of you. But all the fear, the anxiety, it's going to wear you all the way out. And you ain't got time for that. Listen, friends, we're trying to do great things for the kingdom of God. We are trying to live our best life. We don't have time for that nonsense of of um, just what am I, I think just I, I think the enemy is so good at putting this false image in front of us, making us. He knows the power that we have in our thoughts. He knows the power that we have in our words. And so his his scheme is, OK, let me get their attention on this so then they can start speaking oh, I'm worried about this job. And then that worry comes to, oh, I just know they're going to fire me. And oh, what am I going to do about my finances? And then it's going to cause destruction in our marriage. Like you've given all this attention and all this word and all this power to something that was not even, it was, it was just, it was, it wasn't even real. (laughs) It wasn't even real. I think about like, you know, it's a it's a kitty cat that roars like a lion, but it ain't really a lion. It's just a little kitty cat. But the more you give life to that thing, that you're going to start believing this cat is a lion that's trying to steal, kill and destroy you. So what am I saying? I am saying I get passionate about this because it just I was about to get a little emotional just thinking about where we were in that season. And um, that day it changed my life because I remember you know, being in a place where it's like, okay, I want to experience this peace, this joy. Like I want to experience these, these fruits of the spirit that I'm supposed to have in Christ. And that day when God showed up into that dining room and I just felt like, okay, I am dining with the King right now. I have been invited to sit at the table with him. And in reality, I should be somewhere crying or on somebody's website trying to find a job or, you know, just doing whatever I can. And I trusted God. And I I promise you not, like we would just randomly get text messages or phone calls of people saying, the Lord put y'all on my heart and I just want to bless you with something. And it will be just enough to pay for a bill. You cannot tell me that that is not God. That was God. And so it was very clear that the Lord wanted us to rest in him and to have peace and and not be worried that he got it, that he had to take care of it. And and I know looking back, I'm still just like, okay, yeah, I still, 
I would say maybe for two or three months, even after that, I had to pursue my peace because I was back and forth. I was. And then I finally just, it, it finally, finally sank in. Like, why am I worrying? God, you've been faithful. You've been faithful now. Like, You've been faithful even before we got into this situation, but I learned him in a whole new way in the area of provision that I have never known before. And I just thank God for that. So I just want to encourage you as I play this song, no matter what you're going through, no matter how bad it looks, um, whatever doctor's report or financial uh, situation you're in, or if there's a child that you're praying for or a spouse or marriage that's falling apart or losing a job or being, uh, I don't know, in, what, whatever, what, there is nothing that God can't handle. And whatever it is, no matter how big it is or no matter how small it is, I pray this song will minister over you where you are and that the peace of God will surpass all of your understanding. This is Peace Be Still by The Belonging Company.
man, that song is is such a blessing. And I remember when I was hearing it for the first time in service, I just, that bridge um, that says, let faith rise up, oh heart believe, let faith rise up in me. It, it was such a declaration over my life. And it, it was like, that's where, that's how I enter my peace by declaring that my faith will rise up. My heart will believe. My faith will rise up in me. Like that's what, that's what I was hearing in my spirit and just declaring that it brings that peace. And so listen, Sometimes you you got to talk yourself into where you want yourself to be. You you're going to have to draw drag that lazy that lazy flesh and tell it listen here. You need to bow down, okay? And allow your spirit to rise up. So All right, guys. Well, we are going to go into our final segment, which is the spicy shrimp salad. Spicy shrimp salad. Okay. So this um, has been a staple in our household. My kids don't eat it because they don't like spicy. They do like the shrimps, so the shrimps are really good. This recipe can be found um, on my website. I actually already put it up there for you guys. I'm trying to be a little bit better about putting the recipes up before I do the podcast, just so you know I don't have to worry about forgetting. All right, so this, uh, the ingredients, let's get into it. You need two bags of coleslaw. Uh, I think it's Dole or whatever, you can get whatever brand you want. Okay. Um, two tablespoons of olive oil or avocado oil. I get, so the shrimps. Okay. I'm pretty picky about my shrimps. I like to get mainly I like to get my shrimps from behind the counter. Uh, If they're too expensive, like Kroger has these cocktail shrimps, like in these trays. And I can't remember what the biggest size is, but I like to get the bigger size. Well, I get one of the bigger size trays and then one of the smaller size trays or two of the bigger size trays. And the, the shrimps are so fresh and tasty. Like while you're like, well, I, I like to rinse my shrimp. You don't, I guess you don't have to because they're already cocktail and they're ready to go. Um, but they are so fresh that it's like tempting to just eat a few. But that's what I get. If I cannot get to the Kroger, then I go grab those medium size shrimps from Walmart. They're the red bag. Um, and I normally get like three of those bags. Those are, those run about $5.99. And then the trays at Kroger, the big tray is $12.99 and the medium size tray is like $9.99. And then they do have a smaller size tray, which I think is $6.99. That might be the sale price. I'm not sure. They've been on sale for like ever, but um, yeah. So those are the shrimps that I get, but wherever you are, I'm sure you know where to get your fresh seafood, but make sure it's fresh. It's going to make this salad a thousand times better when it's fresh, but if you can't do fresh and you don't want to pay the money for fresh, then Walmart medium sized bags, I get three because of the size of the family. You don't have to get that many. Um, okay. Four. So you're going to need a four tablespoons of mayonnaise. I use Hellman's. Now there is this new brand, uh, that I use cause I made some chicken salad. I was fiending for some chicken salad this week. And so, um, I wanted to, I was kind of doing my research on finding like a more keto friendly 
mayonnaise because I did find out that they put a little bit of sugar in the mayonnaise. And so I found um, this uh, Primo Kitchen Mayo Real Mayonnaise Avocado Oil. And it's a soy and canola-free, cage-free egg, sugar-free um, mayonnaise. It It's... Listen, I am a diehard Hellman's fan, okay? I've that's that is my go-to for everything. But I will say this particular mayonnaise, and I'll put it on my website. Um, this particular the the healthier mayonnaise, it was actually it wasn't that bad. Like when I did the uh chicken salad, I was very intentional about like spicing it up and trying to make it taste as normal as possible. Um and I think the longer it sat, the better it, it started to taste. There was this, I'm not sure. They put rosemary in that mayonnaise, which is, um, I don't know. Like, it. I think that's what I was tasting. It's totally, like, you got to just check it out. I got that from the Kroger, too. Uh, I did hear about this Sir Kensington avocado mayonnaise, which was, like, from some article I read, that was, like, the best tasting one. If you're trying to get like your your healthy fats in, but anyway, so I have not I have not tried this new mayonnaise with this spicy uh, spicy shrimp salad, but I will try it. And if I can remember, I'll tell you guys how it was. But you can use that as an option. But for what I normally use, it's the regular Hellman's. Um, so where was I? Okay, so you do your. Um, Two tablespoons of olive oil and avocado oil. I said that we talked about the shrimp. Six tablespoons of sour cream. Your four tablespoons of mayonnaise. Two tablespoons of lime juice. One tablespoon of garlic powder. One tablespoon of sriracha hot chili sauce, which is amazing. I love it. And um, kosher salt and pepper to taste. Okay, so... The instructions, uh, first you want to clean your shrimp and put them in a large bowl. So detail them. Don't leave the tails on them. I, no, I, that's just my opinion. When I'm ready to eat, I'm ready to eat. I don't want anything stopping me and I don't want nothing crunchy. That don't belong. Okay, so clean your shrimps, put them in a large bowl. You're going to add a pinch of salt and pepper and oil. After you do that, you cover the bowl and you shake it. That's to get all the the oil on your shrimp. You're going to heat a large skillet on medium heat and you're going to put the shrimps in the skillet and cook and cover it for about five minutes. What you don't want to do is overcook the shrimp because they shrink and they get like rubbery. You don't want that. You want them to just be pretty much get the shrimps that are already cooked. So you're, you're just heating them, really. You're not really cooking them. You're just heating them up. Um, so they, they're warm or hot. While the shrimps are cooking, grab a small bowl and mix the sour cream, the mayo, the lime juice, the garlic, and the sriracha. And you're just going to mix it. And it'll turn like this uh, pink, it'll be like a pink sauce. Now, if you like it real hot, you can add more sriracha. That's all you got to do to add some extra heat to it. But um, once the shrimps are done, then each person can grab a cup of the coleslaw. You place it on your plate. You grab um, whatever portion of shrimp that you want in your salad. And then you place 
the um, so you place the shrimp on the coleslaw and then you grab a tablespoon or more of the sauce and that's your shrimp salad folks this is real quick and easy and hear me it is delicious now if you're not on keto okay this is great for tacos everything I told you like get a low carb um wrap and you can throw the shrimps the cauliflower and that sauce on top and they are delicious so before we started keto this was what we did for our shrimp tacos and this sauce is great on tilapia as well it's a great great sauce and it actually is what makes the salad. Um, so yeah, I hope you enjoy it. And listen, guys, I would love to hear from you. So when you listen to the podcast, you know, comment and tell me um, if you've tried the recipes, give me your thoughts about the episode. You know, we're friends. So I would love to hear back from you. And like I said before, all the recipes that I have talked about and more, I'm trying to be intentional about adding more recipes by the week. Um, it can be found on www.tmariearnold.com under the recipe tab. So I, again, thank you for joining me. I love talking to you guys every single week. Come back next Sunday night or Monday. I'm not sure when the podcast is going to post, but come back and join me next week and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.